0: It's been two weeks since a systems outage began at Chicago, at the Chicago area's biggest children's hospital. When a cybersecurity threat forced Lurie Children's Hospital to shut down its network at the end of January, providers and staff had to revert to paper and pen. Weeks on, that has had a ripple effect across the local pediatric medical community. WBEZ public health and county government reporter Kristen Schorsch talked to doctors and parents about their concerns. She joins us now in studio with the latest. Welcome back, Kristen. Thanks for having me. I got to get right to the big question here. So there's been no word yet on when the hospital might be back online?
1: Right. Lori has not publicly said how long they think that this might last. Um, But Fitch Ratings came out with a report late last week that said this is suspected ransomware and that, they, that some of the systems might come back on soon, but that could it, take, it could take weeks to fully recover because Lurie is so complex.
0: Take us back to the beginning, Kristen. What happened at Lurie in the first place that caused this outage?
1: Right, so on January 31st, um, Lurie noticed evidence of suspicious activity on their network. They said that they confirmed that the network was accessed by a known criminal threat actor. So what they did was they immediately took down... All things of communication, phones, email, the electronic medical record system, and the MyChart patient portal, this is where families can message with their doctors, they can schedule appointments, they can see lab results. MyChart is is everything. MyChart is everything. As a patient, for sure. And just to be clear, there are a lot of different, MyChart's very popular with a lot of different healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. This was specific to Lori, this being down.
0: So as I mentioned at the top there, Lurie is the biggest children's hospital here in the Chicago area. So this cybersecurity threat and the outage, it's a big deal. And it's affecting thousands of patients, doctors and, and staff. But it's actually going beyond just Lurie. Right, Kristen? Yeah, What'd I you mean, find?
1: this has had a really big domino effect. And just to step back for a minute. So Lurie is the biggest children's hospital in Chicago. It's a destination in the Midwest. And when you think over the years, to put this in bigger context, a lot of community hospitals have closed their pediatric units. So that has sent more kids when they do need to be hospitalized to Lurie to some of the other hospitals that have pediatric beds. But just sort of just put this in context, there mm. are not a lot of places for really sick kids to go. They also have a lot of specialists. So you think of if you have uh, diabetes, skin issues, um, asthma and you need to see a specialist lori has a lot of them it's a it's a big place it also takes a lot of medicaid health plans it has treats a lot of low-income kids so it's a lot it's a big staple for a lot of community pediatricians so when this cybersecurity issue happened and lori went offline it did have a big ripple effect you had pediatricians who because they couldn't get in touch with lori right right away if their patients had urgent medical needs they were sending them to other hospitals Mm. other hospitals that of course had pediatric units like University of Chicago Comer Children's Hospital. Right. You had pediatricians who could not access records because some pediatricians are affiliated. Think about this reach that Lori has. It is beyond the hospital. Um, they have affiliations with a lot of community pediatricians. Mm-hmm. And so those pediatricians, they also could not be able to access my chart and message with their families. So now you had community pediatricians who were saying, just call us because we're still offline too. Mm, okay. They also couldn't bill online. Because they were connected to Lori's billing system. So here you have this big ripple effect that is not just the hospital and and there are many, many clinics in the suburbs, mm-hmm. but also community pediatricians. Other
0: providers as well. Right. And, and so everyone's turning to pen and paper, essentially.
1: In a way, yes. Because they are just, they're still telling people to come in, of course. Like Lori's still treating patients. These pediatric groups are still treating patients. But they're operating in the dark somewhat. You know, they might not have access to your lab results. The medications are on your medical history. Mm-hmm. And doctors need that so that they can make medical decisions about what you need.
0: Yeah, let's talk more about that, right? Because it really isn't just as simple as, okay, you've got to go to a different hospital. You've got to go to a different doctor. Because people, as you said, they don't have access to their medical records or labs, right? So talk more, Kristen, about the position that it's, really it's putting doctors and patients in right now.
1: Right. So like a couple... A couple of pediatricians, for example, who I talked to, I said, how are you managing this? So one doctor I talked to at Olivio Medical Center, which treats patients on the lower west side, um, mostly undocumented, low-income um, people, a lot of migrants who are staying at nearby shelters, for example. You know, she was saying she had a mom who came in with a kiddo who had just been at the ER at Lori. They came back with a paper note, but there was no date on it. And so this doctor is like, well, can you tell me when you went? Because I need to know that so I can see when is your child supposed to be getting better? Um, I know that some of the doctors are sending their patients, um, to another specialist Mm -hmm. with handwritten notes from them or, um, whatever medical records they might have of them without having access to Lori's records. Um, I talked to another pediatrician at Esperanza Health Centers on the Southwest side. They had a six month old baby who came in, had just had, um, an ultrasound on his heart. His parents wanted to understand the test results better. But this doctor didn't have, his group didn't have access to to the results mm-hmm. through Lori's network, so this baby has to come back. And and I will say a lot of the pediatricians were saying, um, you know, they, not only is this hard for them and the families, but that it's, they think it's very hard on the staff at Lori. Mm-hmm. You know, they're having to do pen and paper in this age. And how are they operating on that level? How are they functioning? Had any of them had to do
0: anything like this before in the past? Have they dealt with some sort of system outage for this extended period of time?
1: Right, not on this scale. So some of them mentioned to me that yes, like they've been offline for a day or two, um, but not to this level. Almost two weeks, right? Not, Not to this level and also the unknown of not knowing when you're gonna come back online.
0: There's that part. And how do you treat someone when you don't know crucial details like the medication that they're on or the tests that they've already done?
1: Well, so some of the pediatricians were telling me that the families are being pretty savvy, like they're showing up with the medications, the prescriptions they already have. So they mm-hmm. know the dosing. Um, you know, the pediatricians were saying, you know, we are, st- we're good at taking medical history. We're just, we're just doing that instead of being able to see it before you get here or when you arrive. So there are workarounds. It doesn't sound like it's doom and gloom, mm-hmm. um, but it is a very big inconvenience. And, you know, if you don't need urgent medical care, um, A lot of people, one of the doctors told me, they're not referring patients at this point because they depend so much on Lori and their specialists. They're just kind of sitting tight instead of referring on.
0: You talked to a parent named Deborah Land. Now, her daughter is a longtime patient at Lori and needed to get some blood work done. What did Deborah tell you about what the process was like for her uh, just on the patient side of things and how she's feeling right now?
1: Right. So Deborah was very frustrated. So because Lori has been in the dark, no phones, no email, no messaging to doctors. They set up a call center. And so for parents who've been able to get through, that's great. They felt relief. You know, they've been okay. Um, Deborah, she needed to get a paper order for her daughter to get blood work ahead of an upcoming appointment that they booked six months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so she called the call center. And it's actually a long story short, she called the call center twice, showed up to Lori in person with a handwritten note to drop off with the receptionist for her child's doctor. And they said, you can't leave that here. And so it took her a lot of hoops to jump through. She finally got a call back from a nurse five days after she first reached out. And so she felt very in the dark. Mm. She felt the call center, she you know, used this term, felt the call center was like a black hole. Mm.
0: Let's listen to a little bit more from Deborah herself.
1: They forgot who they work for. They're so internally focused on their problem at hand that they forgot that we're all sitting here and telling us oh, we know you're frustrated, but please be patient, it doesn't cut it. It's not enough. You know, I feel
0: it for all folks here, right? Because there's, you know, the the frustration is the patient, right? You're not getting answers to your questions. But on, on the provider side, they really don't know. As we talked about, Kristen, there's so much uncertainty here as to how much longer this is going to last and, and what it's going to look like in the meantime, what the workarounds will look like.
1: Right. I mean, I would love to know a little bit more. I've asked Lori several times for an interview and have not gotten one yet to really understand how they are able to to function. I mean, I realize like paper and pen is what we what we grew up on. Absolutely. Right? So of course it can be done. But what does that really look like in this day and age? What does it look like if you're going to have a procedure done, a surgery done, a scan? Crucial details are on a computer that you might not have access to. Mm-hmm. And I will just say, you know, speaking a little bit more to Deborah's comments, you know, what she was also speaking to is that she... She was talking about how parents are stakeholders in this. And, you know, there has been, Lori has had statements on their website and on social media. But beyond that, there has been very little outreach to parents, to the families. And so she's frustrated in speaking to that point.
0: Yeah, that's what she said. They they forgot who they work for, right, at the end of the day. So as you said at the top, there's no timeline right now. We've heard how frustrating the, the uncertainty is at this point. So, I mean, what else are you going to keep your eye on in the meantime, Kristen?
1: Well, of course, seeing how these ripple effects continue to play out, I mean, because for example, if, if, you know, pediatric practices can't bill, that's a really big thing, right? Right. Um, Another thing, another point that one of the pediatricians mentioned to me, the one at Allevio Medical Center, you know, she had a really good point about how a lot of her patients, they speak different languages. They mostly speak Spanish and Chinese, and that she's worried that when it comes time for them to rebook their appointments that Lori might have canceled during this this Mm -hmm. outage, that there might be equity issues. Are they going to face barriers? Are they going to be as savvy as somebody else to Mm. be able to be persistent and get that appointment? Because, you know, it can take so long to book an appointment with a specialist. So keeping an eye on equity issues, keeping on how long this will be offline, and really keeping an eye on the ripple effects. Yeah,
0: that's a great point there. We'll leave it there. That's WBEZ public health and county government reporter, Kristen Schorst. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Thanks for having me.